0: Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Professor Burgess and Bussy here handing out degrees in common sense. Of course, that now a superpower. Bubba, today we speak to the
1: one, the only David Pollitt. David, welcome to the show. We are excited to have you. I have not had the pleasure of meeting you yet as much as Mr. Burgess has. And I certainly well, would hey,
2: not. Hey, real quick. <laughs> if you're anything like him, are you gonna text me 35 times? And are we are we gonna have this back and forth? It's, it's finally good to meet the the better part of the show. I appreciate that.
1: Well, I I usually don't throw coffee on people either. So uh, just as a you know, it's a kind of an opening move.
2: <laughs> Golly. Hey, it was awesome. I'm sitting in the back talking to Rick, and dude, he's the coolest cat ever. Talking back and forth, talking about our faith, and then. Bam, hit the coffee. The coffee goes everywhere. We made a mess, didn't we, Rick? The whole back, the I, leather couches, the nice oh, couches, got coffee stained. Who all had to tell it? Robbie? Because yeah, yeah. I would not
1: to tell Robbie anything yeah, negatively. Yeah.
0: yeah, that was the ter- most terrifying part that, that I thought, what if Robbie looks over and sees, I know what I've done, but you could have been associated with that because he he's an intimidating figure. Yeah, he is.
2: So that's a big, strong-looking dude, man.
1: Well, David, we're we're just glad to make the acquaintance. I've been a fan, watched you for many years, saw you play football. Of course, you were a standout for the Georgia Bulldogs. You were an NFL first-round pick, went to the Bengals, and you have a long list of awards and uh, more more recently in broadcasting. So, man, I, I'm we're I'm honored to make the acquaintance. And if you could call Rick, sir, a few more times, that would be great. <laughs>
2: I mean, hey, in the South let me tell you something, in the South we ain't got no choice, man. Like if I didn't, my mama went upside my dome. She just would like, whack. Like you will say, sir. You will say, ma'am. So it's ingrained. My kids do it, and so
1: yes, sir. Yeah, that's well, right. He he is your elder by a true. long, long, yes. long way. If you look yeah. at
0: my beard and see the gray in it, that that garners <laughs> a sir these days. Uh, let's can we unpack something? You know, uh, as as opposed- well. We got a
1: lot to unpack today, Rick. I've got a long list
0: here. Let, let's jump right in, Bubba, to the one. You do realize that all Alabama fans hate you, and they hate you beyond just playing from Georgia. They cannot get past the moment when you were talking to Coach Saban, and you talked about how Georgia had now dominated college
1: football. Can you basically taken the baton right out of his hand? Right, and you told it to his face, and he appeared to be sad and looked down. And they haven't got over that, David.
2: It's okay. I mean, that's the nature of uh, of the business. That's, that's the nature of what you do when you're on television. It's amazing, man. Like, if you pick against somebody's team, you hate them. Um, if you criticize them at all and talk about some of the flaws, you hate them. But, um, no, that moment, man, I tell you what about that moment, it was crazy because I didn't think anything about it. Like, the conversation at half was the conversation – and then we moved, like, and, and Des had talked about Stetson. And so he already covered that. I'd love to give you something, you know, Rick and Bubba, to tell you to keep watching the TCU Georgia game, but the game stunk. It was over. <laughs> right, so right. it was kind of like move to the next step. And it was pretty clear whether people like it or not, Bama fans like it or not, there was a new standard. And, you know, back to back national championships for Georgia. And they, you know, they, they had proven that they were the kings of college football. And out, let me tell you something. Very he like, it again. The next. The next morning is when I realized it. I get on get up early in the morning out on the West Coast and they play the clip and I'm like, ooh, okay, <laughs> like that's that hit a little bit different. Like, and then all of a sudden people start putting, you know, music to it. Yeah, meme and, and putting the meme. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then I'm like so auto tuning it. <laughs> Oh, dude, I text Nick and I'm like, you know, hey, I, and I know Nick's not a texter. So I was like, I'm, you know, will you, are you free anytime time today to talk on the phone? And he was like, hey, I can talk tonight. So we talked that night and he was like, man, I wasn't the least bit upset with you. Like you were doing your job. and um, But I love, I love, love, love the text uh, the tweet I got the other day. <laughs> it was um, Pollock says that to Staben. Pollock gets fired, Saban beats Georgia, and Saban takes his job. <laughs> I was like, I gave like a it round great? of applause standing yeah. ovation. I mean, it was incredible.
0: Yeah, uh, I, we'll, we'll get to that, but but, but you, like every, all of us, it doesn't matter whether you are a Bama fan or, or not. All of us, including you, have been very clear that Saban – I know you. I guess you could argue against it. I don't know how you would argue against until someone else comes along and proves that they're better. The greatest college football coach so far.
2: A hundred percent agreed. And and just as like to watch him reinvent himself. Now listen, you know I can I can also separate the two. I, I don't think these last. Couple of seasons. I, I don't think Nick's been as as high as Nick was, and that's why he's retired. Correct. Like I think he has Correct. gotten a little bit older, and I think it's a harder business to keep up with. And good lord, nil. But just the, the the theory of every day and the principles and teaching people how to grind. You watch his coaching tree continue to develop and grow. Um, the, I, there's no doubt in my eyes just you pl- he played in a harder era, man. not, not just Nil, the scholarship reduction from back in the day, no. but just uh, I mean use every time Nick Saban talks, I listen and whether I'm on television, whether I'm in a, a restaurant, whether whatever I'm doing, like he's just the guy that is always going to bring something to you that you go, man, that's a good point. When I go speak, I use one of his quotes almost every time I speak. Don't give up what you want for what you want right now. And when I talk to kids and careers and companies, I'm like, like you're, you're going to be in a moment right now where you're going to work with your, your diet, you just changed your diet and change your eating habits. Like you're going to be in a moment where you go, I want that Twinkie. I want that dessert. I want that sweet. Well, What's my end goal? If my end goal is here, like I can't give that up. And are I say, you are you talking that, to
1: me, David? Is this, is it, I mean, <laughs> this is hitting a little home too. I feel like Nick Saban sitting here now at halftime. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's
2: part of it, right? Like that's but the standard being the standard and how to work and how to develop and and the changing of staffs and making them bigger and basically being like a coach's university, like coach rehab university. Oh, if yeah. you want to get another job, just come into Nick he'll show you the ropes and then you'll go get another job and we can go with all those guys that he's done that with. And, um, so just, yeah, he's the goat, man.
1: All right, so David, the hard work, the grinding, the, the sayings, you know, the, a lot of coaches have had that, but what, what, how did Nick do it different? What did he do that everybody else that has that same speech never pulled off?
2: Well, again, those slogans are in every locker room across the country, right? So what makes it different and what, Nick was a guy that brought his best. Nick's in meetings, paying attention. Nick's in special teams meetings, paying attention. Like it's it's the accountability, it's the attention to detail, it's bringing it every single day. With he's just got a different he's got a different pace than everybody else. He can bring it every day, and he could keep it up here. His standards, his energy level, h- h- what he's going to demand of people, and you know, just like I remember him saying the quote, you know, we don't do it until we get it right. We do it till we can't get it wrong, right? right? Like, it's just, you know, a million sayings, a million different things he's done. Like, he's just, he had that fire inside of him and that competitiveness and that toughness and the ability to to sustain it for so long. He knew the X's and O's, yeah. But to me, it was the accountability and the process in which he could could live out every single day.
0: Yeah, I talked with someone just yesterday, 24 hours ago, and they have connections to Alabama, and they were talking about, that he also would, would bring people in all the time and say, I want you to watch what we're doing, watch how our program runs, and tell me what we're doing wrong. Tell me things that we could improve on. Now, see, there's not many people that do that. Most people want you to tell them all the time what they're doing right. They said he was a huge stickler, for thinking there's something I'm missing that only eyes from the outside can see because it is hard. We're all delusional to some point. It's just what level. Yeah. And, and it is hard to see things, you know, uh, you need other eyes to look in. Yeah. And they said he did that all the time. And yeah. and he would tell people sit down with me today after you come watch, you know, several practices. And now when you come sit in my office and tell me the things you think we can do better.
2: Well, and Rick, you know, I, I, I do that with my wife right? Like I'm like, baby doll, you know, what are my blind spots with a lot of my friends in church and small group and accountability? It's like, Hey, like you can see these things because I think I'm doing something a certain way, but a lot of times I need to be called to the carpet and I need to be accountable. You know, the best story I have for that, Rick is, you know, you think back to golly, the first year of the playoffs, Ohio state destroyed Alabama. Remember like Tom Herman and company, they destroyed Well, the first thing Nick does is go to Ohio State and, and Tom Herman and say, how did you do this? Right. Like, how did you do X? How did you do Y? So I can learn. Like, yeah, you have to – how about how about Nick's evolution on the offensive side of the football? Yeah, incredible. Right? Like, incredible. He's, yeah. he's a guy that I hand the ball off, hand the ball off. Don't don't get my defense tired. Don't run no huddle. Don't throw the football out of the yard. Like, protect my great defense. Then it was like, all right, spin the pill. RPOs, <laughs> right. let's go tempo. Let's yeah. let's let's use all these the plethora of wide receivers we have. So the ability to continue to take feedback, continue to adapt, hire new guys. And by the way, that's another thing. He was hiring a new coordinator every flipping year, for goodness sakes. That had to be exhausting. I mean right. everybody leaving all the time to go to different places. Like, listen, the list goes on and on about what makes this guy so great.
1: But the you know, and when those new coaches come in they didn't completely change their mentality or what they did. And now they varied a little bit as people brought in pieces, but it looks like every coordinator that came in ran Nick's offense, not bringing their own deal. Well,
2: I I think the cool thing is you, you try to adapt terminology. So you try to keep terminology as close to as similar to what you have, but you watch like Lane, Lane changed it for him. Like, Lane, yeah. 100%, we're going to throw the football, we're going to run spread, we're going to run our quarterback. Like, um, I, I think that he slowly adapted and adjusted and was more than willing to to change his philosophy and do whatever it took to win, which, you know, the Tua was the RPO world. It's like, he was so good at it, so why would I not let him, with his, you know, sleight of hand and good hands, you know, be able to accomplish those kind of things? Jalen Hurts, tailor it to him. I, I think the best thing you can do as a coach is, you don't run a system. You run a system that best fits fits the players you have. And you saw the ability to morph over the years with different quarterbacks, different styles, different receivers, and uh, different ways to get people to football.
0: David Pollack, our guest, will continue our conversation when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues right after this. Rick and
2: Bubba, Rick and Bubba. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch
0: more at blazetvcom slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. David Pollack is our guest today on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. So, David, we talked about the Nick Saban thing, and you've cleared that up. Uh, not one Bama fan, by the way, will change their mind about you, but at least you clarified it uh, <laughs> because their crimson truth will always uh, supersede what we just talked about. But and we're all and fans are like that, no matter what team they pull for. Uh, let's get into ESPN. Uh, there's all kinds of you know people saying what happened there, you know, and I, I didn't realize what had happened. Uh, and I actually, uh, in a weird, uh, uh, twist of fate, I ended up seeing Jesse Palmer, um, uh, in France, right. in France of all places. Wait yeah. A minute. And Wait a minute. yeah, there you Did go. Did you Th- just
1: name drop in a foreign country? Yeah.
0: That's, that's two bells. Give me it to me again. Uh, I saw Jesse Palmer and of all places, France. All right. So, so anyway, and all of a sudden we're talking for a minute and, and he was familiar with the show, which that's good. So I was, I was, I was, that was thankful. And he said, man, I just can't believe what happened to Pollock. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said the Pollock's gone, and and I was and and so can you? I don't know that that ESPN ever has really told you why they let you go. Can you can you expand on that and kind of clear that up or give us what you know?
2: All, all I know is you know it's budget cuts. You know it's a part of the part of the deal. Usually that doesn't affect college game day. So you kind of it's funny. I had a text and I won't say the guy's name that I work with, and he goes. Man, I'm so happy that we made it through without getting cut or without getting released. (laughs) And the news wasn't out yet. so I was like, I'm glad you made it through. Your boy didn't. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Mm. I mean, it it was perfectly fine. But no, I was in my kitchen. It was in July this past year. And uh, my phone rings, and it's one of the main bosses at ESPN. I'm like, that's very strange, you know, calling me, you know, in July in I didn't think I, didn't, I wasn't smart enough to connect the dots. But then he started talking. And I'm like, I know what's about to happen here. <laughs> like, I, I know what's um, what's going down. And and he just told me, listen, it's budget cuts. It's nothing you did. Um, but we're just going to we're going to go a different direction. And we're going to you know we're trying to cut salary and save salary. I'm a big fan of yours. Like, I think you'll be successful. You know, go out, do whatever oh, you want. No. If You need a recommendation
1: for anything, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, that's that speech but, but, the girl gave you, you know, it's not me. It's not you. It's me. It's not me. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Oh, yeah. No. Hey, hey, listen, let me, t- let let's, me tell you something. Let's friends.
2: Don't, don't say, don't say around Kelly Pollock that I got fired. I can tell you that much because my mama, I told you, she's the one who used to go upside my head. She's like, mm-hmm. you got let go. I'm like, mama they told me not to come back. It really doesn't matter how you phrase it. Like whether I got fired or it was budget cuts or, you know, you've been relieved of your duty. I was like, they told me to go away and you don't work here no more. So, um, no, it was a big surprise to me too. And I I did not know it was coming. Um, but, but it's been fun, man. It's been cool. And listen, you know, Rick, not one time did I literally look at that and go, man, I'm so upset because like, I've been here before and and I love acknowledging, man, this was an awesome ride. Like I got to do that for 13 years, like travel the country, talk about college football. Like I'm so thankful that I got that opportunity and um, just, just blessed, thankful, and um, was excited that I got it. And now it's like, all right, God, like, I know you have big plans. Like I, I broke my neck and, and, and had to retire from NFL and you took me on a different way. And so I was really excited, like, God, what are you going to do next? Because you've always taken care of me and, I, and I'm excited about whatever that
0: is.
1: Do do you, and look, I, mean, I, I don't we wanna, want to cover that yeah, NFL. Yeah, that I, may need its
0: own. Segment. We, we need to do that story. Cause you, I want you to tell that story. I heard you tell it uh, a few weeks ago and, and I want everybody to hear it. It, it, it really is powerful. I don't want to make you out to be some spiritual martyr if you don't think that had anything to do with it. And I'm not trying to create something that wasn't there. But you have been outspoken about your faith. Uh, you, you were doing, you're doing, a, still doing a podcast. You had started doing this podcast, which is faith-based, uh, concerning family and God's design for family. It, any inkling that if we're gonna cut, let's cut the the cert, uh, certain the outspoken Christian the, the, guy. The, yeah, the outspoken Christian guy, because ESPN doesn't really like <laughs> that kind of. They if they could get rid of all that, they would. Uh, you think there's anything to that at all? or Is that just all of us speculating?
2: i don't know i mean i never want to say something you never you never sure. cast aspersions and say something like yes that's fact when you really don't know right um i'm actually reading a good book right now about that about truth and what we make it and sure you can't say it's an absolute truth like right like you you can't say that this is true but what you just said it wasn't <laughs> true so that it is an absolute <laughs> truth i'm like right. okay well you just made a truth but um so I, I don't know for sure. Listen, all of, all of the things come into it and in, in personality and who you are. And um, I think, too, another thing with the show is, like, you look at the show and you got, you know, Pat had just joined and signed a big deal. And then Reese and Kirk and Desmond, like, they're definitely the the faces. And I'm kind of the next guy. So it's kind of an easier way to, to, to get rid of that guy probably than anything else. But, you know, listen, family goals was something that I got a lot of comments about and, and talked about with people. And um, it's awesome, by the way. It's, it's one of my favorite things that I've done as an adult with uh, with my pastor. We started in our closet and just, you know, trying to help exactly what you said, help people with the design of their family and any, any way we can to help them grow spiritually and how to talk to your kids and travel ball and all the, th- the phone rules and kids love languages too, because, you know, we do the book of the five love languages with our parents or with our wives, excuse me, and our spouse but we don't do it with our kids right. and understanding how our kids feel love is important because it's the same thing. We want to pour into the way they feel love the most. So all those factors I'm sure go into it. Um, but it was a fun ride, Rick. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it up. I wouldn't take it back. And I'm excited like crazy. Cause I'm home all the time now. Now my wife will tell you she ain't as excited. Okay? <laughs> we you know, and, and listen, ADD boy. And I, I'm, I'm like, Bev it all. Every day I ask, I'm like, Bev it all. What, what can I do to help today? What can I do to help? She's like, nothing. I got this. Like, she's like, this is my turn. Yeah. I got,
0: take I, like, a walk. I've been doing this. I don't need
2: you to right. do this. And yeah, go call
0: Rick. Leave me alone. <laughs> so let us go to the story. Bubba wanted to t- hear it and take us to, you know, your life. Uh, it had been football, uh, obviously, uh, and 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 you you do everything that you thought you were after. I mean, you you're highly successful in college. I mean, high school highly successful in college. You got all Hall of Famer, All of Famer, which was a special moment. I know when when uh, Reese announced that on game day. What a, what a moment. And um, so you go into your first round of the NFL. You're picked, and, and tell big us big expectation. Yeah, tell us what happened.
2: Well, I went to the um, I went to the Bengals, so I wasn't super excited about that. Um, <laughs> I, I am now, but I, literally, I had a phone for the draft, and every time, and a hat. I had a hat, and I put my hat on for every team that was on the clock. So the 49ers took Alex Smith. I threw my hat down the steps. Um, The the Dolphins take, you know, Ronnie Brown, throw my hat down the steps. It it got confusing because the Texans at 12 traded out and then traded back up. So I had to run down the steps, put the hat on just to not get picked and throw it back down the steps again. But the only real time I said, please don't ring to my phone was, was Cincinnati. Uh, and that's because of their culture, like <laughs> the losing culture, the bags over the head. Like, yeah, it was just one of those things. I was like, man, don't ring. And then it rang and I was, coach Lewis was like, hang on, we're getting trade offers. I'm like, trade, 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 trade. And then, um, they picked me. And let me tell you something, love every bit of Cincinnati. Um, love being there, love coach Marvin Lewis. He was my dude. And, um, First year was was getting used to p- from moving from defensive end to linebacker. Second year, ready to rock and roll. Second play, second game. It was a draw play, so I dropped back a couple steps to go play pass and come flying up. And one of my um one of my big uh, goals for that season was to be more physical and be a better tackler in space because I hadn't played in space much. And remember, so all y'all that are young, this is back when you could actually hit people in football and not get kicked out. Right. So I was trying to you know be physical and uh, came up and I hit the running back with everything I had and man, did it feel different. And, you know, you're used to getting stingers as an athlete that shoot down your body. But this, this was like when you fall asleep on your pillow and you're like this and you can't move your arms and it freaks you out when you wake up in the middle of the night. Um, and I couldn't move them. I couldn't move my arms and my legs were kicking and I just, and they take you underneath the the stadium and they do the MRI and the X-ray and the doctor comes out and he's like, Hey man, you, uh, you fractured your C six C seven, and I was like, "Cool, what's that?" A couple of weeks, and I'm back. And, you know, meathead, play defense, see yeah. ball, get ball. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's why you play defense, right? And um, and he was like, "That means you broke your neck." Ooh. and I was like, mm, "That kind of hits different," you know, like yeah. that that saying that out loud uh, was different. And then I go right in the ambulance, and my baby doll's in there, and we start crying and. I knew, man, a dream that I had since I was six years old, and I knew what it take to get what it took to get there. And I also knew, man, that um, that I also felt like that was what I was in. What God made me to do, right. like big legs, big butt, great, you know, a, a great energy, physicality. Like I thought that was my that was my purpose. And and in one play, I knew there was a good chance it was gone. And so it, it was scary. Um, but it was, and and Rick knows this because I told it at the church the other day. It was. It was one of the top five best things that have ever happened to me in my life mm. because, you know, Mr. Mister Go, 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 busy, 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 all the time, do, do, do. God was like, no, no, you're going to be still. And, and the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And right. I haven't done that. Like, I didn't take time to be still. I, I was going all over the place. And so I had a chance to slow down and I had a chance to read and I had a chance to to take inventory of who's in my life and for the right reason. My, my wife, who just married an NFL player, with comes with all the fame money all that stuff now she's a nurse who's cleaning my scars in my halo every day like that's not what she signed up for, man. Was it awesome to know what kind of baby doll I had. Like right. I got a woman that's going to literally come and, and clean my scars and serve me food, whatever it needs, whatever it takes, because that's, that's what it had to get done. Now, listen, I, I'm not gonna lie. She gave me sponge baths too. And I enjoyed those, but, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, just, you know, God, God, God gave me that moment to be still. God gave me that moment. And that moment led to, I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a better friend like all those things just just by that happening having a little adversity having some difficulty uh, he showed me so many things about my life that that I really wanted to and needed to learn.
1: David did you at any point in that did you still think maybe you could come back yeah. that maybe they were wrong or did when did they finally say this this is over you know you cannot come back after this? Yeah
2: Bubba I rehab for two years so I, I gave myself every opportunity I was in a I was in a neck brace. I was in a halo for four months. I was in a neck brace again for four months, surgery, then back to a neck brace again. Um, So it it was a long process of trying to get back. I told the doctors from Jump Street, I was like, listen, if I'm at more risk than anybody else to get hurt, I'm not coming back. And they, they couldn't tell me that when you fuse vertebrae together with metal, which is in my neck. Like your range of motion isn't as good as everybody else's. Uh-huh. And when it gets to a point, guess what happens? It doesn't move anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh-huh. um, so, listen, there are people that have come back with my injury and played football. I just wasn't going to be one of them. I wasn't ready. Like, I had two huge goals growing up, and two, I had two things above all else that I was looking forward to. I wanted to play in the NFL. That was my dream, my goal since I was six years old. I told everybody about it. Number two, I was so jacked about being a dad. And knowing that I nicked my spinal cord and I was less than this, you can't even see the distance between my fingers right now. Mm -hmm. I'm that close from being paralyzed and never having that opportunity, man, that was, that was not okay. And that was not going to happen in my eyes. So now, Thank, thank the good Lord, I got and I got Leah, and that's been one of the most fulfilling things that I've ever had done in my life.
0: David Pollock's our guest, will come back and continue our conversation when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues right after this. So men and women are equal, but they are beautifully distinct. And this may, it may be an odd tie-in because I just went really deep with that, but uh, we're also kind of distinct when it comes to hygiene. There it is, I said it. Uh, <laughs> manscape.com is designed for men uh, for our hygiene head to toe. Okay. And the products are designed by men for men and trusted by over 10 million men worldwide. So it's time for you to get a grip on your grooming with an exclusive offer they have at manscaped.com using the promo code Bubba20 for 20% off and free shipping. Okay, so this is they're introducing the MVP of 2024. It's Manscaped's fifth generation lawnmower. And it's not just a trimmer. Uh, it, It goes for it's a grooming sidekick. It's equipped with the two skin safe blade heads, a standard one for taking off, taking a little off the top and then a new foil blade to go smooth wherever you need to be groomed. Okay, so uh, it's it um, it's like having a personal stylus at your fingertips, uh, and uh, no matter where you need grooming, uh, it's there. It's waterproof. You may be using it in the shower, so you can. Not, not a problem there. Uh, and uh, if you want a full grooming experience, look no further than Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0. And you can find all this by going to manscaped.com. And if you want to get 20% off and you want to get free shipping, just use the code BUBBA20. All their products are great. I just had, I, I just got resupplied uh, with their conditioner and shampoo combination because men don't want one of each. Uh, they also have a beard shampoo for the beard that is fantastic. Get yours now and any of the products they have by going to manscaped.com. Use the promo code BUBBA20 for 20% off and free shipping. David Pollack is our guest on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. We've we've walked through uh, you know the the time at ESPN a little bit. We walked through college football a little bit. We talked about the career ending injury uh, in year two of the NFL. But I, you know, on a lighter note, David, you got to tell Bubba uh, when people think that Peyton Manning is brilliant, how correct they are. Even when you made a play on him, what he said to you, I thought that really showed just how well he knows the game
2: no i mean first of all there's there's a lot of quarterbacks that are great and um and listen i I didn't spend a ton of time in the nfl obviously we've we've talked about that i spent two seasons but there's nothing like peyton i mean he's just he's a computer i mean he is so smart and and i remember um i'm in there and listen we're playing (laughs) dual coverages and you're playing a certain coverage to a certain formation and again i'm learning linebacker right so I line up, I got my responsibility, but then somebody goes in motion. I'm like, Oh crap. Like my, my responsibility just changed because we're running dual coverages at the same time. And, and I was like, yeah, and I'm the type, like I'm not going to really mess up slow. <laughs> so, so or, or I'm just going to drive off a cliff and, and, and it's going to go really badly. And I just blitz and I go hit Peyton. And he literally looks up and he's like, you weren't supposed to do that. Were you? I was like, no, no. How do you know that? You're not supposed to know that. Like, I mean, just unbelievable, brilliant dude, like playing playing those guys like Peyton and Brady and Favre. And the, oh, just, gosh. It was insane. But I'm like, you, you're not supposed to know what I'm doing better than I am.
0: That's funny. You even get a sack, and he goes, hey, you got a sack, but you didn't do what you were supposed to, did you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he knew yeah. that. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the, this this spiritual life of yours. Uh, it sounded like you're, you're similar to Bubba and I. You grew up around the faith, but there's a moment in your life where the faith became real, and, and you realize that this cultural Christianity was not transformative, and, and, and you made the decision to go all in as a follower of Christ. And, of course, we're still in the process of being sanctified and, and changed. Uh, you said something that I thought was that every dad needs to hear, and, of course, moms too, uh, you know, when you apply this. Uh, and and you, you take this on in your podcast, family goals, uh, about the percentages of your child, making it as a professional athlete versus other things. So, so expand on that a little bit.
2: Well, it's 0.012% of you playing a professional sport of being a professional athlete. So I'm not great at math, but that ain't good odds. Okay. That is defying the odds to the highest, but. There is a hundred percent chance that you will stand before Jesus. Right, like yeah, yeah. so there's a hundred percent chance that your cleats, your sneakers, they're gonna be hung up. You know, like those are things that are coming. So we gotta make sure that we're doing the best we can to equip our kids. Like, yeah, and talking to you yesterday, we talked about this, Rick. Like, yeah, you, you can teach your kids to throw a ball, and most of you do. I did. And I and I can teach my kids how to shoot and run and jump and play. Are we teaching them the word of God? Right. Like, do they know what the Gospels are? Do they know how to worship? Do they know what that looks like? Do, do they know how to read? Do they know how to study? Do they know how to share? Like, one of the things in our household that, that has been become big is, like, Nicholas, my son, who's 15, He has, a, and my daughter, Leah, who's 13, they got a lot of people that are pouring into them on a consistent basis. And I, I looked at them, and I was like, well, who are you pouring into? Like, how are you passing along your faith and discipling somebody else? And so my son, like, he, he's he's going with he's a ninth grader. He's taking a sixth grader, and they read a chapter of the Bible every day, and they shoot a text message every morning to each other, and do prayer requests. And the same thing with my daughter. She's an eighth grader. She's got a seventh grade girl that she's going through, a, you know, several verses a day with, and you know, explaining and talking and, and showing them that what it looks like, right? Showing them what faith looks like. So, you know, that's that's super cool, and that's that was what I said. But coming to faith, man, never heard the name of Jesus that I could remember when I was growing up. Never stepped foot at church. Um, my junior year of high school, man, I got a teacher. Uh, or f- two things happened. One, first of all, as a junior, right before my senior year, my neighbor across the street was like, "Hey, we're we're having a lock-in at the church, and uh, I want you to come." I'm like, "That sounds terrible. What do you? What, do you mean? what does that mean?" <laughs> yeah. He was like, "You get to play sports and stay up all night." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa okay, I'm in. Like, <laughs> I'm in right now. Like, that, those <laughs> two things at that age, you're like, absolutely." And then I didn't know I was going to hear about Jesus for the first time in my life. And that was the first seed, a neighbor just inviting me. And then the next seed, the next big thing in my life was a person that lived his life in a way that I went, that's different. Right. That's unique. And his name was mark watson he, he was a physics teacher at shallow high school um i went to a public school so you didn't talk about your faith that just wasn't something you did but he had a, a jesus sticker on his computer he played praise and worship music and he was cool as a cucumber and he was the nicest guy and just treated everybody with respect i always tried to get underneath the skin it didn't work okay <laughs> english for outside reading you gotta pick 200 pages of a book I was like, hey, Miss, I I don't even know what my teacher's name was at that time. I was like, I told this lady, I was like, my English teacher, I was like, I'd like to pick the Bible. I'd like to read 200 pages of the Bible. She's like, no, absolutely not. I'm not meeting you. I was like, well, if you don't know it, that's Mr. Watson will. And (laughs) Mr. Watson, I go to him. He's like, absolutely. And he sits down with me and he's like, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, these are the Gospels. They had different backgrounds, you know, of who they were and what they did for, you know, profession, but they, they spent time with Jesus. They're, they're sharing the story of, of the time of Jesus. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's a whole book devoted to this guy? Like, it, it, tell me more. And, and I wanted to know more. And, and he continued to pour into me and we continue to read and go through the Gospels. And, and Jesus became apparent to me and it became real to me. And I could feel it and I could feel my life beginning to change and uh, started to go to church. Most importantly, went to the University of Georgia, where I had Mark Rick, who was living a life that was envious of God. Like he was a man after God's heart. Like he showed me what a real man looked like in God. And my daddy's an awesome daddy, but he didn't have that faith. And so all of that, like coming to faith, going to Georgia, like God had divine appointments set out for me. And, but it was, it was somebody, it was somebody inviting me. To church, right? Not. I, I didn't, he didn't have to explain the gospel. That's the preacher's job, right. right? Like, get your. It's your job to get people to church. It's your job to invite people to to small group to church to to places where they can hear the word of God. It's the pastor's job to do his thing. Well, Mark Watson, it's the way he lived his life.
0: Yeah,
2: that that dude lived his life in a different way. And, and I'll say this. If, if you want to help somebody come to faith and you want to be a good witness to God, the way you live your life is the most important witness. Right. And Mark Watson did that for me. Mark Rick did that for me. I saw what it looked like. And that's, that's how my spiritual journey started.
0: Yeah. That, he put two things there. He, someone who was obedient to invite you to something. And then you got to see the genuine article uh, lived he out, lived and, out. And, yep. and those two things were crucial. How, how did that work back to the family? Like you said, you love your dad. Uh, but that was not something that he had. How 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 did that work back?
2: Man, I, I'm not gonna cry. Um, I'm I'm a crier. There you uh, go. It is something that. But man, you know my mom was going through a really tough time. And listen, I, I'm gonna be completely transparent. My brother's been in and out of jail, right. and my brother's had struggles with drugs, and it's just been—it's been devastating in our family. It's been really, really hard. Right. And um, my mama called me when I was going uh, my senior year. I was—I was training for the NFL combines. And I remember this like it was yesterday. It was in Bradenton, Florida, I, where I was training. And she was like, "Hey, you're doing this, this, this." I'm like, "All right, it's going to be okay." Like, mama, the, the story's written. Like, this, his story's written, my story's written, your story's written. Like, it's not going to change. And. Like, we can't worry. We just, we, we got to give it to God. We got to let him have it. She's like, I don't know how to do that. And I led my mom into to Christ on the phone as a senior in college. Amen. And one of the coolest moments I've ever had in my life. But fast forward now, you know, 20 years later, Um, my brother's, my brother recently got out of jail. He's, he's changing his life. Our family for the first time ever, Rick, has been in church together three weeks in a row at that? my
0: church. How about that?
2: Never happened in, in the Pollock oh. household. And it's just cool because my brother, God's working on my brother. He's working on my dad, and um, it's just been fun to watch, man. It's fun to be a part of it, and I, I don't know how the stories go, man. Everybody's got their own stories, and, and Lord knows everybody's got their scars, right? Like some you can see, like my halo scars that are in my head. Some you can't see, man. It's things that have happened to you in your past that are just, you know, almost almost too big to overcome. And and, and here's what's cool, and here's why, here's why I love church, and here's why I love my church. My church is awesome because my brother comes in, man. And again, drugs, you know, he's been the gamut of things in and out of jail. My brother comes to our church and my small group and my buddy, Brad, man, walks right up to him. He's been praying for him for years, but he walks right up to him. And he's like, Hey man, I'm so glad you're here. Gives him a big old bear hug. And my brother's got tears in his eyes running down his face because my brother doesn't get accepted in a lot of places. But if we can't, if we as a church and we have a body of believers, if we can't accept people like that, then then who's going to accept them? Yeah. Like, where, where, where does that person go? Where does my brother go? Like, so my church has just wrapped their arms around him and loved on him and, and he's going to celebrate recovery now and just to watch like what it should look like and what it is and, and so many people in my life that. Uh, I love and respect that I do small group with that we've been through some real things with to embrace him and bring him in. It's 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 the reason that he's going to have a relationship with Jesus is because people have a good enough heart to realize like I'm one, I, dude. I, I'm one bad decision away from being bad. Right. I mean, honestly, sure. honestly, I'm probably one. I'm probably one decision I made getting caught of being that guy. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, we've all done so many sure. stupid things in our past that. That if we got caught or something had happened, we could have been, you know, could have been totally different. So, the, because they've accepted him and, and welcomed him in, man, I just it's continued to change, you know, my family's life and, and my brother's future, and hopefully uh, his 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 family's future and everybody's family's future.
0: We'll come back. We'll finish our conversation with David Pollack when Rick and Bubba University the podcast continues right after this. Maybe.
2: This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at BlazeTV.com/slash
0: Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. David Pollack is our guest on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Just talking about, you know, where true equality is always found. Talking about your brother. I mean, if you want true equality, it's found at the foot of the cross. Every single one of us uh, are in equal need of redemption, and it really is. Uh, it levels the playing field when we all come to the foot of the cross. So David Pollack now, obviously you're doing, you know, the, the podcast, uh, family goals, which, uh, you, it's you and your, your pastor, Jonathan Howes. Um, I know that's going well, uh, give, give everybody an update on, uh, on, on that and what you're hoping to accomplish. We hit it briefly, but tell us what's going on with it now
2: um it's pastor j man not jonathan house pastor j that's what i call him I like, <laughs> oh okay go, pastor j
0: oh is that why you're calling hey, me but, homie g now i'm not Rick anymore i'm yes. homie g <laughs> okay pastor I def- I
2: always, i'm usually one of those people that give you different names right um but pastor j i love it so much because when i go speak or when i meet people they'll be like how's pastor j and i'm like that's what i'm talking about i okay. love that we're not calling him jonathan <laughs> um nah we're just plugging away man and 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 i think you know with my foundation and where I'm at right now, like I think one of my main missions, man, that keeps coming back to and God keeps putting on my heart is like, keep living out your faith. um, Keep being you and uh, keep showing people that like you can, you can be cool and follow Jesus. And I think it's, it's really, really fun to do that in in the different ways that we've done it with our, with our foundation, but our podcast and having, you know, guys like Davos Sweeney and, you know um, coach Mark Rick, Tony Dungy uh, we've had, you know, we got Sage Steele coming up. We got some humpy named Rick coming up that we're going to have on the, on the podcast. Um, so, I mean, just we're trying to find ways to to show you and to teach you different things uh, about your family. And, like, here's one thing that I I love going to church and hearing a message. And I love hearing ideas and these things. But they get so big a lot of times that small brain defensive player can't really focus. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm really big on – you know, steps in tangible ways. So I told you, like, we went through the book, the five love languages, but we, but we tailored it to our kids. And so like my daughter, she's 13, her, her love language is physical touch. Well, she's 13. It's getting a little awkward when you hug. Okay. Like when you do too much of the hug or too much of sitting on the lap, it can be a little bit awkward, but man, I, I know that's my daughter's love language. So I can come behind her, put my hands on her shoulder and ask her about a day. You know, I can, I, I can use, I can make sure that I give her a hug. I can ma- I maybe just not linger. Right. right like, yeah. and, and even I like to, I like to annoy her anyway. So I like to linger, but, <laughs> um, but just, just learning those different ways of, you know, like, like the phone rules is something that was big. We went through big phone rules and and the way to be successful with the phone, because the, the phone to me is Satan's greatest invention. There, there's nothing that divides us more and distracts us more than a phone, like right. on it all the time. You know, you, you think about who can influence you. Somebody from New Zealand right now can influence your child if they're on social media Yeah, right yeah. now. Like they can see something that and they can think a different way because of that. So I think just, you know, we try to take different subjects, different people, and we try to just help you grow and be a better dad, be a better husband, be a better wife, be a, you know, be a better friend. And, uh, you know, biblical, tangible ways, stories, um, application that, that really helps you.
0: Well, I think now more than ever, and we've talked about this on our show too, the, the attack on the family uh, by the adversary has been so unfortunate and, and so successful. And uh, there, there's a way God designed the family, and it doesn't mean you know any of us who maybe got off on the wrong foot and didn't do it right to begin with. He certainly is good at repairing them too. But getting back to the way he designed it and all these things you guys are discussing it's it's not just going to change the life of the individual people in their in the family. I think our society, don't you, Bubba? I mean, just, it, couldn't help, it, just, it couldn't It couldn't. It, it needs could,
1: it. Yeah, it couldn't hurt. Uh, let's put it that way. It's got to help. Yeah. I mean, because it's going to change people, and that's how you change society.
0: Yeah. So, David, I know that you're still trying to kind of figure out. I know you've been going out and doing a lot of speaking. Uh, got to hear you do some of that, and uh, I know you're doing this podcast, uh, but um, uh, you were telling uh telling me you know you when you're making these decisions you're looking at these teenage kids and though none of us really would like to have our neck broken but uh God has used this to give you influence in their lives that really professional football would have made more difficult um are, are you is that is that playing into what you're deciding to do next their current ages
2: yeah I, I think um you know, listen, having kids at my age, um, my, my son being 15, my my daughter being 13, like that's that's deciding, you know what I'm going to do, because I, I'm not going to miss out on this, man. Um, I got three and a half years with my with my with my big dog and I got four and a half years with my, my little homegirl. So it, it's it's uh, it's going to go fast. And, you know, I, I think one of the things, you know, we've talked about just like on the on the podcast, like I don't want to I don't want to chase money. I don't want to chase other things. Like I, I want to be present. I want to take advantage of this opportunity. And listen, I'm not saying you don't have to work. Like everybody out there has to work. But sure. we get one shot with raising babies, yeah. and yeah. they're gonna grow and they're gonna get older. And so <laughs> I'm trying to really just sit back and maximize that. Now I'm getting, I'm making bank, by the way. So I'm talking to a, I'm talking to a prominent college football coach the other day. And I was telling him about an idea I had, and, and everybody, uh, everybody in the, everybody in the world, almost everybody in the world knows who this coach is. And I was telling him about an idea, and a, a business idea I was thinking. about. He goes, "That sounds a lot like coaching." And I was like, "Well, yeah, it, it's it's similar." He's like, "Just come coach with me." And I was like, "Hmm, that would be awesome. I would love that." But. I can't be around Nicholas and Leah. And and right. and right now, I don't know if you know this, Coach, but I'm making zero dollars at North Oconee, and I have three coaching gigs. I have three coaching gigs. So I coach the defensive line at North Oconee High School. I coach flag football starting next year with my daughter's team. And I coach basketball at the high school, girls basketball at the high school. So, I mean, Coach, I, I'm, I'm kind of making bank, and I'm kind of a big deal. So... um <laughs> So I just, I, I just, I'm trying to maximize this opportunity with my yeah, baby. Yeah. because they'll really be gone in a few
1: but, years, you know, yeah. and and, and then you gone. can't go back, yeah. And then you got all well, the time I, you, you need.
2: Well, I keep hearing from this great philosopher I know, this this really smart dude I know that, and I, I've never heard this before. I talked to this guy that apparently 60 to 70 is the best years. <laughs> That's <laughs> that the most that productive. Blows me, that blows me away that somebody says that because you know no I'm hoping so.
0: Agree, <laughs> right? If you got but, your help.
2: But, but, you know, you're no doubt, no doubt about it. But so I think um right now, like I'm going to speak, I'm going to share my story and how it motivates. I'm going to pour into kids in this region, Amen. in this area. And uh, I love speaking to men. I love challenging men. And I love speaking to the unchurched about my story because, you know, I was a kid that didn't hear, didn't hear God from God and didn't know God. Um, at an early age, and so I love to tell them the story of how I came to faith and yeah. how, he, how how God's used me along the way, and, and tell them to that hopefully earlier than, than I heard.
0: David Pollack, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Family Goals Podcast, wherever you get podcasts, Pastor Jay and David Pollack, and also the Pollack Family Foundation. If you'd like to find out more about that, you can search that as well. Uh, thank you, David Pollack. Thanks uh, each and every one of you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, The Podcast.